Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I've been conducting a series over the last several weeks on the future and what lay ahead in our futures. Uh, and so I want to uh, continue with that today. I think I'm going to conclude this series today. And so uh, anyway, last week uh, I, I taught about the uh, uh, Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of the Lord and the defeat of the Antichrist and his armies at the, at the uh, Battle of Armageddon and uh, talked about uh, you know, the events that, that, that transpired around that. And if you missed it, I'd invite you to go back into our archives. You can catch up on that if you missed it last week or any of these sessions that you may have missed. You can go into our archives and, and catch up. Uh, going to do uh, really no review here today because that's the uh, that's a, that's the uh, that's what's wonderful about archives. You could go back, catch up. I don't have to do a bunch of review, and so uh, so I'm not going to. I'm going to just pick right up with where I left off last week. And uh, uh, we had just finished up on the judgment of the nations. I made a few brief comments about that. And now uh, this is after the tribulation period has has occurred. Now the Lord, the judgment of the nations has, has occurred. Uh, the goat nations were turned into hell. The sheep nations continue to live upon the earth uh, into the millennial reign of Christ. That's a 1,000-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the earth, which occurs after the tribulation period. And what I want to do is, is I want to give you some characteristics of the millennium. What is life going to be like during the millennium? And uh, I've been asked lots of questions about this over the years, so uh, I put together a list uh, just highlighting what life is going to be like on the earth during the millennium. And uh, now I'm not going to cover everything because uh, there's, there's other things going to be going on other than what I'm going to cover, but I'm going to give you the highlights of what's going on. Probably not going to look up all the scriptures or we'd be here for, for about three hours. Not going to do that. But, but uh, I'm going to give you the highlights and anything I say that I don't give you scriptures on, you go into the Word of God and find them. That's a good good assignment for you. But uh, during the millennium, Jesus is going to reign in righteousness from Jerusalem. That's the capital. That'll be the capital of the world. It's right in the center of the earth, Jerusalem. He's going to reign in righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, over all the earth, headquartered in Jerusalem. And he's going to be ruling with a rod of iron. Okay, and that means, and I may reiterate this, that means I may repeat it, uh, but he's, that means everybody is going to have to follow his moral code, the word of God, okay? And, uh, and, uh, and the saints, now what about you and me? What will you and I be doing during the millennium? Because those sheep nations, which we talked about last time, they're going, they made it through the tribulation period. They were favorable to Israel. Uh, you know, they were born again, all right, certainly, uh, as, I, as I see it. Um, uh, and they made it into the, into the millennial reign of Christ. There are going to be multitudes of people upon the earth during that time. Again, those who made it through the tribulation and so forth. What about us saints? People... What about us saints? Well, uh, all right. I was a math teacher, not an English teacher. I don't know if that made good was good. I don't know if that made good English. But anyway, what about us saints? What about the saints? What about born again believers uh, like you and me? Okay, we're we're born again, assuming you know Jesus as your Savior. Born again believers. What are we going to be doing during the millennium? Well, we're going to have glorified bodies. All right, you know our our spirits born again. As we lived upon the earth, the rapture took place. We got our glorified bodies. We've talked about that in a, in a previous session. I almost said we talked about that in a future session. That'd <laughs> be something. But we talked about that in a previous session. How we get, how we as saints living now get our glorified bodies at the rapture and so forth. You know, much more I could say about it. But, but we'll be here in glorified bodies is what I'm trying to tell you. And uh, bodies that cannot die. 
What are we going to be doing for that thousand years? Well, I'll tell you, we're going to be governing, ruling and reigning with Christ. We are going to be his administrators during that millennial reign. And, uh, and you know, in, in one of his parables, he talked about the importance of faithfulness. And he talked about people who are faithful in that which is least will be made ruler over that which is, is much. And he talked about people who are faithful over little things would be made ruler over cities. And uh, I believe, and I think it's clear, that, uh, that if we're faithful to the Lord right here and now in our service to him, faith, what is faithfulness? Always doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it with a good and a right attitude. But if we'll live faithfully to the Lord now, even over what may seem to be uh, small, if we're faithful over that, one day he might make you a ruler over 10 cities in the millennium. How you think about that? But it's very, very true. And we, as redeemed saints with glorified bodies, will be serving as the Lord's administrators, you know, governors, and mayors, and, you know, that sort of thing, just much like it is right now, we'll be serving as his administrators. Uh, uh, as he rules with a rod of iron, we'll be ruling with him on the earth. And uh, the Bible talks, we'll rule with him for a thousand years. And there, remember, there will be multitudes of natural people on the earth. It'll be in many ways like it is right now, it's just that everyone's going to have to follow the moral code of the word of God. So it'll be a much, a whole lot better than it is now where there's cheating and stealing and lying and all that. That won't be going on or that won't be allowed, we'll say, during the millennium. Okay. But what about saints? What are we going to be doing in glorified bodies, serving uh, as Christ's administrators? He's going to be uh, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, ruling out of Jerusalem, but we'll be serving and reigning with him, as I've said. Now, uh, natural people, natural people with bodies like you and I have right now. See, the saints will have glorified bodies. So in that time, we'll have glorified bodies. Okay. But during that time, while we have glorified bodies, there will be multitudes of people in bo natural bodies like what you and I have right now. And we'll be ruling and reigning over them with Christ as, as he's the head, of course. But uh, those people will be known as the sheep nations. Okay, we talked about the judgment of the nations last time. And so those people who make it through the tribulation, get into the, to the millennium, will be known as sheep nations. And we will be uh, ruling over them under Christ, uh, over ruling over them. And, uh, and, and uh, here, let me read from my notes. Natural people will be living on the earth like it is now. And think about this. The sheep nations, all those people will be having children. And you think about that. They're going to be having children. Uh, during the millennium, children will be continued. You know, people will be, there'll be sexual relations. People will still uh, be having children. Now, homosexual, homosexuality won't be allowed. Same-sex marriage won't be allowed. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But uh, marriage will continue during the millennium on the earth. Um, and you think about in the course of a, of a thousand years with people procreating, you know, think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of human beings will be born during that time. And uh, the sheep nations will have children. And you have to think about it. When the millennium starts out, the people on the earth, the natural people, will be godly people. But over the course of you know, hundreds of years, and, 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 and of course this will be a thousand year total reign of Christ, a lot of people can be born. And so the earth will be, you know, a lot of people get killed during the tribulation period, but the earth through these sheep nations will be repopulated. And the interesting thing here, though, though the millennium starts out with godly people upon the earth, 
you know as well as I do, godly people can have ungodly uh, children, okay? And can have godly children, but also ungodly children. And, uh, and, and so there's going to be a lot of people born during the millennium, uh, a lot of which who will not want to serve the Lord. And uh, many ungodly people can be produced over a span of a thousand years. Now, the thing about this, and I've already alluded to this, but they will have to obey Jesus's rule, his civil rule, his civil laws. You understand that? At least outwardly, they'll have to do that. They'll have to abide by the word of God. No cheating, no stealing, no lying. No sexual misconduct, that kind of thing. You understand. And uh, uh, otherwise, and somebody said, well, what happens if what happens if 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 they don't want to live godly? And or, or, what if they do lie? What if they do cheat? What if they do steal and they're not repentant or you know, that sort of thing? What's going to happen? And as you study the word of God, the Lord said in his word, he's going to rule them with a rod of iron. And so if people during the millennium do not want to adhere to the Lord's civil rule, he will deal with them harshly with a rod of iron. And I'm convinced if there's no repentance on their part, you can see in the book of Isaiah chapter 11, they'll be judged with death. So there'll be capital punishment going on during the tribulation for those who will not adhere to the Lord's civil moral law. And it's very clear. And when they're put to death, their spirit will go to hell awaiting the great white throne judgment, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. But it's very sobering to think about. So the earth during the millennial millennial reign of Christ will be a place of law and order. And uh, the Lord Jesus will be ruling as a benevolent uh, 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 ruler, if you will, but it will be with a rod of iron. And uh, he's, he's not going to permit uh, his word to not be adhered to. And I'm convinced if people won't repent during that time, according to Isaiah 11, chapter 11, there'll be, there'll be capital punishment. Now, something else that's going to... Uh, going to be going on here now i want to say this and i'll say it again in just a few moments during the millennial reign everyone's going to have to follow the moral code of the bible but the lord never makes anybody worship him now that's important remember that i'll come back to that in a moment but with that being said missionaries and and the bible actually uh brings this out uh natural Jewish people primarily here is what this is talking about. If you really go into the word and study it out, will go to all the nations throughout all the earth to preach the gospel. And you can see this in the book of Zechariah. And the Bible says the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. Now, you need to realize that when Jesus came the first time, born of the virgin, You know, he came on the scene at 30 years of age and all of that, that the Jews uh, as a whole have rejected him as their Messiah. Now, when that Antichrist arises, the Jews by and large will accept him, certainly. But he's a false Messiah and all of that. But at the end of the tribulation, when the Lord comes back in his second coming, which we talked about last time, the Jews as a whole are going to look upon the one who is pierced and they'll say to him, you know, where'd you get these wounds in your hands? And he'll say, when I was in the house of my friends, long story short, I believe you can see that in the book of Zechariah, the Jews as a whole at that time, because they'd already been double crossed by the false Messiah, the Antichrist. But when Jesus comes back, rescues them at the battle of Armageddon and all of that, then the Jews are going to accept Jesus. The Jews as a whole are going to accept Jesus as their Messiah. Praise God. Wonderful day that'll be. And from my study of the word of God during the millennium, 
they're going to be uh, preaching the gospel throughout the earth. So the gospel is going to continue to be preached during the millennium because, as I said, uh, there's going to be a lot of people being born all throughout the earth during the millennium. And those those new babies that are born as they grow, they need to hear the gospel just like you and I needed to hear the gospel. And so uh, I, I, I can only presume, now you don't know, I don't know, I, I could only presume television will be going on and, 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 you know, I never really thought about that, but, I, you know, I don't know, I'm just, now just, I'm just thinking on my feet here right in front of you. Uh, you know, I never thought about this. You think Jesus has a cell phone. You think he's going to have a cell phone. <laughs> I never thought about that. You know, I don't think Jesus needs a cell phone, but <laughs> you know that's a, you know that's an interesting thought. But be that as it may, the, the Lord. Let's move on to the next subject. I I don't think Jesus needs a cell phone, but but the gospel is going to be preached throughout the earth during the millennium, much as it is right now, and uh, the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. Now, here's something else that's interesting during the millennium is, as I said, multitudes of natural people on the earth. Uh, the lifespan is going to be increased. Now, if you go back in the Old Testament, you look at the, the, the uh, you know, patriarchs in the Old Testament and, you know, on, 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 on down in through there, uh, they lived a long time. I think Methuselah lived almost a thousand years. See, man was created, his body to never die. But uh, I believe it's in Genesis, now don't hold me to this, but I think it's Genesis 6, somewhere in there. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Lord shortened the lifespan uh, uh, you know, down to, uh, some argue, well, he talks about 120 years there. And uh, now, now some argue that the lifespan, you can go in the Bible and make uh, an argument that it's 70 to 80. I believe Genesis 6 brings out it's 120. So some say 80, some say 120. I'll split the difference. Take 100, that's a good deal. But <laughs> live to be 100, that's a good deal. But, you know, why don't we just live till we're satisfied, you know? And with long life, he'll satisfy us and show us his salvation, the Bible says. And... Uh, but uh, you don't really see anybody going much past 120, do you? So I think that's what happened in Genesis 6. The Lord, he, he reduced the lifespan down to 120. But be that as it may, it's interesting during the millennium, the lifespan is going to be uh, in, in, increased. And, uh, and, and the Bible says that a person during the millennium will be called a child at 100 years old. Now, you think about that now, 100 years old is, you know, it's time to check it in. But, but the lifespan is going to be increased, the Bible says. Now, I don't have that verse, but you look it up. You find it, and that's a good assignment for you. But lifespans of people are going to be increased like they were initially there uh, in the book of Genesis, uh, because the Lord will be reigning for a thousand years. And so lifespans will be increased and a person will be called a child at a hundred years old. Now, of course, we saints will have glorified bodies that will live forever. I'm talking about the natural people upon the earth. So, so lifespan will be increased and, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, more I could say about that, but let's move on. Uh, next point is there'll be universal peace. Because the Lord's ruling with a rod of iron. So uh, it's a time when swords will be uh, beat in the plows and spears into pruning hooks, the Bible says. And there won't be a war wars during that time of the millennium. That'll be good. There's going to be a change in the animal kingdom. And uh, the Bible says, now, you know, this is a really cool point, I think. Uh, the Bible says the wolf, will, the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard lies down with the goat. Uh, the lion eats straw. Now you think about that. The calf and the lion eat together. Now you think about that. A wolf dwelling with a lamb. You know, I mean, I had a lady one time many years ago. She came up as I was greeting at the door after a service. And she said, Pastor Terry, she said, I, I got to tell you something. She said, I want to tell you something right now. 
She said, we are living in the millennium. And I said, excuse me? And, and I, I said, ma'am, I, no, no, we're not. She, yes, we are. She said, yes, we're. She got very adamant. Yes, we are. She said, we are living in the millennium right now. And I said, ma'am, we're not. And I was very nice to her, but, but she, she was going to tell me we were in the millennium. And I said, well, ma'am, I said, all you have to do is take a lamb and throw it in with a wolf and see what happens. <laughs> well, she didn't have any more to say and off she went. But because you throw a lamb in with a wolf right now and see what happens. But in during the millennium, the Bible said the wolf will dwell with the lamb peacefully. You think about that. The leopard will lie down with the goat. Think about that. The lion will eat straw and uh, the calf and the lion will eat together. I mean, you need to think about it. Think about the original creation, the way God created things originally. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I've watched these, uh, these, these, I don't know, channels on, on uh, I don't know, the Wild Kingdom or, or what, I don't know, whatever. They had it on when I was a kid. But, uh, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll see like, a, like a, a lion running down a, a zebra and taking that zebra and tearing that zebra to pieces. And you, you look at that. You, you need to realize God didn't create the animal kingdom that way. And that, that, I mean, that's something to think about. He didn't create the animal kingdom that way. Absolutely not. That all occurred as the fall. In the fall, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, there was a fall not only among the human race, you know, as Adam and Eve fell and we were all affected by it, but the animal kingdom, all of creation was affected by it. So when you see a, when you see a lion you know, running down a zebra and chewing it up. That's not how God created the things. He, he doesn't, God doesn't run things that way. He doesn't, he doesn't do things that way. That's, that's, a, that's a work of the devil right there. It just is. But that's all going to be, uh, uh, changed back during the millennium. And you'll see, you'll see the leopard lying down with the goat. The lion was going to eat straw. Won't be eating zebras, be eating straw. Calf and the lion eating together. Uh, you think about that. And then it says a child plays at the cobra's den. Now uh, you think about that, you know. Uh, you think about that. Now I'm not, even during the millennium, I'm not going to play at the cobra's den. I'm, just, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but, <laughs> but the point is that even the, the, uh, the, 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 the creeping things, the snakes and things like that, uh, I don't know why the Lord had to make snakes. I, I don't like them. And, you know, uh, the, the serpent cooperated with the devil and the devil is seen as a snake, he, you know, uh, symbolically. And uh, uh, But during the millennium, the Bible says a child will play at the cobra's den safely. Now you think about that. So what I'm trying to say is the way we see the animal kingdom right now isn't the way God created it originally, you know. And... Uh, and much more I could say, but for the sake of time, let's move on. Now, also, too, uh, this next point I have here is, um, and this is a, this is something you need to listen to. I mean, you need to listen to all of it, but this is really pay attention here. Um, the born again, those people who get born again during the millennium, okay? The people who, who are saved, remember the millennium starts out with godly people, you get you get a lot of people being born. You got the evangelists going around and preaching the gospel and people getting saved just like they do now. The same gospel, absolutely. But uh, it's interesting. Now, this is very important. The born again during the millennium will go to Jerusalem at appointed times to worship the Lord. Much like we go to church, you know, in the hour in which we live to worship the Lord. Oh, they're going to go to Jerusalem at appointed times to worship the Lord. Now go to Zechariah, the book of Zechariah, chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. I'm going to read this out of the NIV. It says, Then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem, again, remember, those who survived through the tribulation period will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, there in Jerusalem, and uh, to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Now watch this. If any of the peoples of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, that's Jesus, 
the Lord Almighty, they will have no rain. Now, here's the thing, and I've said it before, I'll say it right here again. The Lord never makes anybody worship him. All right, now during the millennium, your people on the earth, the natural people on the earth are going to have to, under a rod of iron, they're going to have to follow his uh, moral law, okay? Uh, no no cheating, no you know, murder, and no warring, and that kind of stuff. You understand. But uh, we've already talked about that. But he will not ever, the Lord will not ever make anybody worship him. And you can see those that go up to worship him. Well, one, you know, there's benefits to worshiping the Lord. One of them's mentioned right here. It's talking about these people. You know, the people that go up to worship will have rain on their, on their crops and, and on their lives and whatnot. But those who, it says here, the peoples of the earth who do not go up to worship to Jerusalem, They'll have no rain. Now you think about that. The Lord will never make anyone worship him. But if you don't worship him, there are consequences. And in this case, it talks about having no rain. Now, uh, is it, oh, here's something else that people have asked me over, over the years. He said, uh, what about, you know, of course, the lifespan is increased. It says, uh, people have said to me, you know, what about people getting sick during the millennium? What, what about that? What about people getting sick, dying, and all of that? Well, let me try to answer that. Uh, I, I, the people that serve the Lord, as I see it, uh, this isn't going to be an issue because when they come up to worship, they will partake of the tree that's near God's throne that has healing virtues. Now in Revelation chapter 22 verse 2, King James Version says this, in the midst of the street of it and on either side uh, uh, of the river uh, was there a tree of life, this is up near the throne of God, which bare 12 manner of fruits and yield her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So you see another benefit for coming up, worshiping the Lord during the millennium is if there's an ailment in your in a, in a person's body or whatnot, they will be able to partake of this tree that's for the healing of the nations. So I don't foresee any of those any folks those natural people living on the earth during the millennium that serve the Lord having a, having an issue with with sickness or dying because if they'll go up to worship the Lord, they'll be able if there's an ailment in their body or whatever, they'll be able to partake of this tree which is for the healing of the nation. So that's pretty cool. And another benefit uh, to, to going and worshiping the Lord, he'll keep you healthy, he'll keep you well, and he'll make healing available. And I tell you, uh, at Summit Church all those years, glory to God, so many people came that had sickness in their body, and the Lord healed so many over, over all those almost three decades, and it was exciting to see people come to worship the Lord. They had ailments in their bodies, and so many of them, uh, uh, God healed. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, same type of thing during the millennium. And also, too, something else. And this is this is what I really I've been trying to get to this, and I want I want you to get this. Now, uh, this is something else that's going to happen when people come up to worship the Lord. Now, look at Isaiah chapter sixty-six. Isaiah sixty-six. Verses 23 and 24, I'm going to read this in the Living Bible. And it says this, it says, All mankind shall come to worship me from week to week and month to month. Now, the implication all, that, that's the way the Living Bible uses the word all, but we understand from what we just read, not all the people are. That's something the Living Bible put in there. It's talking about those who come. Okay, not everybody on the earth is going to come to worship. Okay, it's very clear. So, but, but of those who come to worship the Lord from week to week, month to month, they shall go out. Now watch this. They go up to worship the Lord. Okay, those that do, they're going to have rain on their lands and blessing and the, the blessing of the Lord. They're going to have access to the tree with the, the healing virtues and whatnot. But here's something else. When they come up, uh, notice verse 24, they will go out and look at the dead bodies of those who have rebelled against me for their worms shall never die. The fire shall never be quenched and they shall be a disgusting sight to all mankind. Uh, without getting deeply into this verse, I'll just say this. 
when they come up to worship the Lord, they'll be able, somehow or another, they'll be able to see uh, the torment of those in hell. Now, you know, you think about that, and that is a motivator to live holy and live right. It really is. But not only when people come up to worship the Lord, will they partake of the rain, they'll partake of the healing, the tree with the healing virtues, but they'll also see the reward of the of the wicked, which is hell. And uh, and you think about that. Now, with that in mind, I'm leading to something that I really want you to get. Let's go back to Zechariah here, 14, verse 16. It says, When the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem, those are all the people that you know survived the, the, the Battle of Armageddon and all that, will go up year after year, to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, now something happens. Now, this is what I've been trying to get to. So, talking about the people now, says the survivors from all the nations who have attacked Jerusalem, they go up year after year to worship the King. So, there'll be many people going up to worship the Lord, as I said, but there'll be many people who won't. You need to remember that. Many people who will, but there'll be many people who won't. The people who do, again, I'm repeating, repetition's a seed of learning. They'll have rain on their, their, their lands. They'll, they'll have healing, access to the healing power of God and that tree. They'll be able to see the reward of the wicked and what happens to people who don't worship the Lord. They'll have access to all of that. And many people will come up to worship the Lord, but many won't because they'll have to follow his moral code, but he never makes anybody worship him. And I said all that, to say this. Now watch this. Revelation 20 verse 7. And this is what I think you're going to. This is very interesting to me anyway. Listen to this. I think this is fascinating. Revelation 20 verse 7. King James Version. 20 verse 7 Revelation. And when the thousand years are expired. Now we're to the end of the millennium. So I gave you some of the characteristics of the millennial reign. I didn't give them all to you. Uh, but I gave you I gave you enough to to give you food for thought. But now, when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. Remember, last time we saw how he was locked into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Now, at the end of that thousand years, he's released. He's released. <laughs> he's released from uh, the Satan is released from that bottomless pit uh, for a season of time. We saw that last time. Now here it says, when the thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. Now watch what he does. Verse 8. Now this is what I've been trying to get to. He shall go out to what? To deceive. You think about it. For a thousand years now, he's been locked away and hasn't been deceiving anybody. Remember, that's one of the main things the devil does is deceives people. All right. He's a master of deception. All right. He's deceived so many people. And uh, he's been locked away, but now he's released after a thousand years. And what does he do? He goes out. He hasn't changed during that thousand years. A lot of time to think over a thousand years. He hasn't changed. He'll go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. We talked talked about that when I talked about Zacharias, so I'm not going to get into that now. But uh, to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, so he goes out to deceive and uh, he's dis- trying to deceive all the, the natural people that are living upon the earth during the, at, at the mil- end of the millennium. Now, you, you think about this. Now, now, let's go on here. So he goes out to deceive them, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. What does this tell us? He deceives multitudes of people. And now watch this. And now, now why, why does he deceive him? Why is he able to deceive him? Why? I think I can tell you why. He was able to deceive these people because these were the ones that did not, as I see it, that did not come up to worship the Lord. Now that's a mouthful that I said right there, but it's, 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 it's something to think about. I'm convinced that he was able to deceive those who did not come up to worship the Lord. You know, I've watched this over the years of pastoring, almost, I keep saying almost three decades, but, you know, people that, uh, I'm talking Christians now, 
They come to church on a regular basis. They hear the word of God on a regular basis, you know, and, and all of that. They are less likely to be deceived by the devil than Christians who don't come to church on a regular basis to hear the word of God. Now you think about that right there. I'm convinced these people that the devil deceives are those people who did not come to worship the Lord. And because they didn't come to worship the Lord, all right, uh, and they certainly didn't see the result of, as I said, what it was like, you know, for those in the past who didn't worship the Lord. They didn't come up and get to see the, the, the hell up at the throne of God. They didn't come up there to Jerusalem as they were supposed to. And so they opened themselves up for deception. So, you know, if you don't go to church on a regular basis, if you don't sit under the word of God on a regular basis, and you sit under your pastor on a regular basis, I'm convinced you just open yourself up to deception. That's why it's important that you go to the house of God on a regular basis to hear the word of God. You will be far less likely to be deceived, okay? But I'm convinced these people that got deceived you see, because you think a thousand years and and there's everyone's following the moral code. They have to follow the moral code of the Lord. He never makes anybody come up to worship him. And so when Satan is released, those people who didn't come up to worship him, uh, you, know, uh, it, you know, because they refused to come up and worship, they didn't have an attitude of worship about him. And they've opened themselves up to deception and the devil's able to deceive multitudes of people in that time at the end of the millennium, and notice what happens. Verse 9 here, Revelation 20. They went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. It's something, isn't it? It's just, it's just, why don't people just want to love the Lord and serve Him? But, But so many just don't. And think about it. Think about it. You think about it. A millennia of the devil being locked away. He's not released from his his prison, but for just a a little season, he goes out, he deceives people. I'm convinced those who do not have an attitude of worship about him, and they come against God to try to overthrow him again. Only this time, he doesn't put up with it. Fire comes down immediately and devours him. And that's that. In verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Now watch this. Where the beast and the false prophet are. Where did we last leave them? In our study. We last left them in our study a thousand years prior. Before the millennium started, they were cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. Now a thousand years later, they're still there burning and they're tormented day and night forever and ever. Don't ever let anyone tell you that, that, that hell is not eternal because it is absolutely eternal and forever. My, 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 my. Well, uh, let me, let me go ahead and finish this up. Uh, let, let me finish this up. So it's a sad thing, isn't it? Sad. Very sad. But, um, uh, but anyway, the good news here is the devil. Now, where's the devil going to wind up? He's going to wind up in the lake of fire with the Antichrist and the false prophet. And that's the end of the devil. Thank God for, I mean, glory to God. That is the end of the devil as, as far as his interaction with the human race. He's cast into the lake of fire. And I like what, what there's this, uh, you know, I heard a preacher say this years ago. And it probably wasn't original with the preacher that I heard say it, but it's a good thing to think about. When the devil starts talking to you about your past, you just remind him of his future. And here it is. Just say, devil, Revelation 20, verse 10, Revelation 20, 10, when he talks to you about your past, tries to bring up your past and all of that, you just say Revelation 20, 10, and that'll shut him up because it's right there that he's cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and he'll burn and be tormented there day and night forever and forever. Actually, there's a verse in the Bible that says that, that, that when we actually get to look at the devil and we see him, we're going to say, is that the little worm? Is that the little, the little, is that the man? Is that, is that the guy that caused all the trouble on the earth? I mean, he, he, he's a deceiver. He, he paints himself as, 
as more mighty than what he is. He's a defeated foe. Jesus defeated him, but he's a foe nonetheless, but he'll be cast into the lake of fire. Glory to God. That'll be an exciting day to get rid of him forever and forever. And I will not shed a tear over him at all. Uh, Now, let's finish this up. Revelation, the 20th chapter here. Let's talk about the great white throne, the great white throne judgment. And uh, notice if you would, John then says, I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Now, this is a judgment for all the people from the time of Adam and Eve all the way down to the time that this judgment occurs. All the people that rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, those who refused to receive him, those who neglected to receive him, that is what this judgment is for. The unbelievers, okay? And uh, this great white throne and... uh, he says here, I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. You see, these people are people who said, I don't need Jesus Christ. I can trust in my own good works, my own works and be saved. And I tell you what, if you ever trust in your own good works to be saved, you're going to come up wanting, you're going to come up short. And uh, these people are all going to come up short. I tell you what, I don't want to trust in my works at all. If I trust in my works, I'm going, I'm, I'll split hell wide open when I die. I don't trust in my works. I trust in the work of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. That's what I trust in in his death, burial, and resurrection. Glory to God. That's what I'm trusting in. But these people aren't trusting in that. They're trusting in themselves or a lot of other things or just not, you know, and it says here, according to their works, and the sea gave up the dead that were in it, death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. All the spirits of those people who are in hell are going to be vomited out of that place, so to speak. And, and I believe given a, 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 a spiritual body, if you will, and, um, I, and without getting into that, but they're going to stand before God based on their own works, not based on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, don't get this confused with the, uh, with the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, which I taught on earlier, uh, several weeks back, that is a judgment for believers, And heaven and hell is not in question there. But here at the great white throne, this is a judgment, a heaven-hell judgment. And it's for all those who did not receive Jesus Christ for whatever reason. And they stand based on their own works. They have to be judged based on their own works. And notice what happens. And death and hell, verse 14, were cast into the lake of fire, which is a worse place than hell, I think. I don't want to go to either one of them. But, uh, and it's known as the second death in the Bible. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My, 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 my. How do you get in the book of life? Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you get written in that book. You miss out on that judgment. I don't want to have no part with that judgment. That's a judgment the final judgment, right there it is, for all those who reject Christ for whatever the reason, they never received him and they wind up in the lake of fire forever and ever. It's a sad, sad, sad day. Sad day. While I do not rejoice, I, you know, I rejoice that the devil's going in the pit, but I, I don't rejoice over this. The Bible says heaven doesn't take any, any, any pleasure in the death of the wicked and the, 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 uh, um, uh, the punishment of the wicked. Sad day, sad day. And uh, it's just a sad day. It'd be a sad day. Um, and you know, I, I tell you this, I, I don't think God's looking forward to that. I don't think he is. I don't think he's looking forward to that when he's going to have to turn these people into hell. I, I, I just, I don't think he's looking forward to that at all. But, but it's going to happen. 
And so, hey, receive Jesus. Miss out on that. All right. Now, once that happens, I'll conclude this here. Give me about, oh, I can do this in about five minutes, I guess. Um, Once that's done, then something's going to happen to this earth and the atmosphere. And in Revelation 21, I'll just read this out of the King James Version. John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now, this is not the word new and brand new. It's It has to do with renovation. It's like if there's an old house and you have it renovated, then you'd say, well, it's a new house. Well, it's not brand new. It was already there, but it's been renovated. So we might say it this way. I saw a renovated heaven and a renovated earth. This earth and the atmosphere around it is going to be renovated. Okay, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Well, there's going to be no more sea at a certain time. That'll be interesting. And and for a little more on this, hold your place in Revelation 21. But 2 Peter 3, 2 Peter 3, verse 10, New King James says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And so the day of the Lord has to do with the millennial reign of Christ. And then it says, in which or in the which, or we could say in the Greek, it says, at the conclusion of which. So at the conclusion of the millennial reign, the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in them will be burned up. See, all the sin that's in this earth is going to be burned out of it. And the whole earth is going to be renovated in the atmosphere around it. New heaven, when it says new heaven, it's talking about the atmosphere around the earth. And the earth itself, it's going to be renovated by the fire of God. And uh, all the sin and junk in here is going to be, that's in here now and this earth is going to be burned out of it. And verse 12 says, the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. And after God's fire works on it, I tell you what, it's going to come out, I believe, looking like the Garden of Eden. That's, that's, that's absolutely, that was God's original will. And I think you'll see that again right here. And then verse 2, Revelation 21, verse 2, and I, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And behold, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, the tabernacle of God is with men. God's moving. God's going to move from heaven here to the here onto the earth. Absolutely, absolutely. Now that's that's fascinating to me. He, he says, "I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men.' That's how much God thinks of this place. He's going to renovate it, and He's going to move from heaven down here to the earth. Isn't that something? And He will dwell with them and they shall be His people and and God Himself will be with them and be their God and wipe away all tears from their eyes. There'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things have passed away. And, And He that sat on the throne looked and said, Behold, I make all things new. Won't that be wonderful? Verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I'll show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem. Now this holy Jerusalem is comprised, or people living in it, the redeemed saints, and descending out of heaven from God. Now you think about that. God's moving to earth. Hey, absolutely. That's what the Bible says. In verse 21, in the 12 gate, then it talks about the gates of the city. <laughs> and I talked about this some weeks ago when I talked about heaven, but it bears repetition. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every gate was one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold. And there was transparent, like transparent glass. Streets of gold. Glory to God. And I saw no temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb or the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Wow. I mean, that's fascinating to me. And the nations of them which are saved. See, the nations of them which are saved. Everybody that's made it on down this far that are saved, who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. And there shall shall be no night there. Glory to God. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall uh, in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever... uh, uh, works there be no abomination in it, nothing that makes a lie, but that which is, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. So what's he saying? There's going to be no sin. Glory to God, 
and saved people, those who, whose names are written in the book of life, those who have received Jesus, are going to live here on this new earth with God here. I mean, glory to God. You know, and in verse uh, Revelation 22, verse 3 says, uh, there shall be no more curse. Revelation 22, 5 says, there shall be no night there. They'll need no candle nor light of the sun, for the Lord uh, God gives uh, light and they'll reign forever and ever and ever and ever. You see, something I want to point out to you, a lot of people, you know, they'll say, well, we're going to live with God for eternity in heaven. That's not correct. We'll live with God for eternity on the new earth, and he's moving heaven to earth, and it'll be heaven on earth. Do you ever think about that? Now, I've never said that before, but that's good. That's good. People say, oh, well, we're going to die and go to heaven and live there in heaven for eternity. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that, that we as believers in glorified bodies, okay, are going to live on the new earth for eternity. And God is bringing heaven to earth and we're going to have heaven on earth for all eternity here on the earth, the new earth, renovated earth, heaven on earth with God for eternity. That's a good deal. And, uh, and, and anyway, so I'm done with this. I just want to say this in conclusion. Revelation 22, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that heareth say, come and let him that is a thirst come and whoever will, uh, let him take of the water of life freely. Um, and then it goes on here in Revelation 22, verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly, even, amen, even so come, Lord Jesus. Well, praise God forevermore. Uh, I tell you what, I shared with you over the last many weeks what lay ahead in our futures. And, uh, um, and so if we know Jesus, we got a good future. If we don't know Jesus, we don't. And uh, really, this whole series of the last several weeks, I could sum it up by saying what I just said. I'm going to say it again. If we know Jesus, we've got a good future. If we don't know Jesus, we don't. And so um, I want to encourage you to receive Jesus as your Savior. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You call on the name of the Lord, really mean it. Call on Jesus. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Receive him. Live for him. I tell you what, you'll get born again. You'll miss hell. You'll miss all these bad things we've been talking about. You'll make heaven. You'll get in on all the good things. And it's a good deal. Receive Jesus and do it now. And so I just, I, I just, I agree with the Apostle John, what he said right here. He said, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And that's what I say too. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. So, hey, I hope you've learned something in these last many sessions on the future. And, and there's a bright future ahead for everybody who knows the Lord Jesus. So, so I'm done with this series. We'll pick up next week with something else, something new as the Lord leads. God bless you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.